By the way, speaking of Dr. History, my dear friend is in the studio, and we say good morning. How are you? Good morning, Zab. Doing great today. Nice day out there. No wind. Really? Yet. What a change. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oh, let's get right into it this morning. Your homework assignment from last week. Pilgrim. Definition of a pilgrim is a person who travels to a sacred place for religious reasons. Uh Uh-huh. So the pilgrims obviously left England for religious reasons, went to a sacred place I consider sacred anyway. Okay. Good old America. And so that's when John Wayne would used to go up to these people and call them pilgrims and then beat the living heck out of them. <laughs> he was sending them on a sacred mission, right? <laughs> Might have been to the to the promised land. <laughs> well, pilgrim, <laughs> you're headed somewhere. Okay. Hey, uh, you have always had uh, you know an interest in history, and your interest is kind of uh, I've liked history. I majored in that in college, as a matter of fact. And uh, but boy, oh boy, this program, Doctor History, now the numbers are skyrocketing. I understand that it's gone from 55 countries up to what 76? 76 countries throughout the world. Wow, over a hundred thousand hits on our web page. Really? It's just amazing the people in South America and, and Europe and China. I'm surprised they haven't severed relations with the United States. <laughs> well, we're not done yet. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now you're going to talk about one of my favorite figures in uh, Western history and personalities. And she was a little bitty thing, yes. but she could shoot a gun. And when you think of sharpshooters of the Old West, I was going to make this a quiz, but I've already told you. Uh-huh. And I think you would have probably guessed Annie Oakley. Right, Annie Oakley. Yep. So that's who we're going to talk about today. Okay, and I'm going to break in about five minutes or so with a commercial break. Go ahead. All right. Well, Annie Oakley was born, actually, her name was Phoebe Ann Mosey. Phoebe Mosey? Phoebe Ann Mosey. I'm glad she changed her name. uh, Yeah, that just didn't fit really good. Hi, Phoebe, shoot a gun. (laughs) Yeah. So, But she was an American sharpshooter and exhibition shooter. Oakley's amazing talent led to a starring role in Buffalo Bill's Wild West show. Mm -hmm. Her timely rise to fame allowed her to become one of the first American women to be a superstar. Oakley also was variously known as Miss Annie Oakley, Little Sure Shot, Watanya Cecilia. Say that one fast five times. And and I'll get to that a little later. I'll bet you will. (laughs) Phoebe Annie Oakley, Mrs. Annie Oakley, Mrs. Annie Butler, and Mrs. Frank Butler. And you'll kind of see why some of those names came about. All right, get real close to that microphone and let us have it. All righty. Well, Annie Oakley was born, like say, Phoebe Annie Mosey in 1860 in a cabin in Ohio. There's a stone-mounted plaque in the vicinity of the cabin site, which was placed by the Annie Oakley Committee in 1881. Now, Annie's parents were Quakers of English descent. They married in 1848. They moved to a rented farm in Ohio. Uh, born in 1860, Annie was the sixth of Jacob and Susan's nine children. Mm-hmm. Now, Annie's father, who had fought in the War of 1812, died in early 1866 at the age of 62 mm-hmm. from pneumonia because he uh, was in a blizzard and caught pneumonia and died. Oh, my. Now, because of poverty following the death of her father, Annie did not regularly attend school as a child, although she did attend uh, later in childhood and in adulthood. Now, on March 15, 1870, at age nine, Annie was admitted to the Dark County Infirmary, along with her older sister, Sarah Ellen. 
Now, according to her autobiography, she was put in the care of the infirmary's superintendent and his wife, who taught her to sew and decorate. Well, beginning in the spring of 1870, she was bound out. Now, What does that mean? Well, that kind of means she was... Uh, sent out uh, to, to work for a family. Oh, in other words, kind of uh, as a working person that still lived at the, uh, what, the caretaker's house? No, nope, she didn't. She oh. she was bound out to a local family to I help see. care for their infant son oh, I see. on the false promise of 50 cents a week and an education. 50 cents 50 a cents week. 50 cents a week. Hmm. Now, the couple had originally wanted someone who could pump water, cook, and who was bigger. Remember, she was only five foot tall. Yeah. And at this age, age nine, she probably wasn't even five foot. Yeah. So she spent about two years in near slavery to them where she endured mental and physical abuse. She would often have to do boys' work. And one time the wife put Annie out in the freezing cold without shoes as a punishment because she'd fallen asleep over some darning. She put her outside without shoes? It's surprising yeah. she didn't get frostbite. Yeah. Annie referred to them as the wolves. Really? So even in her autobiography, she kindly never told the couple's real name. Oh, my. So that's kind of the background. She had a tough upbringing. She did. She did. No wow. father. Yeah. Well, around the spring of 1872, Annie ran away from, quote, the wolves and returned to her mother's home. And by now, she's about 15. 15. So Annie began trapping at a young age and shooting and hunting by age eight to support her siblings and her widowed mother. And she sold the hunted game for money to locals such as shopkeepers as well as restaurants and hotels there in southern Ohio. Mm-hmm. But her skill eventually paid off the mortgage on her mother's farm when she, Annie was 15. By shooting? By shooting and, and supporting these restaurants and shopkeepers really? with food. Really? Supplied them with food? Yeah. Huh. So that's quite a feat for a, a, a sibling with nine, uh, eight siblings and, and a widowed mother. Wow. So... Anyway, Annie soon became well-known throughout the region, and on Thanksgiving Day, 1875, the Bauman and Butler Shooting Act was performing in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Now, traveling show marksman and former dog trainer Frank Butler, keep that name in mind. I'm writing it down. Frank Butler. Frank Butler. An, Ingri- an Irish immigrant, he placed a $100 bet. Now, in today's money, that would be $2,148. <laughs> Wow. And he put this bet with a Cincinnati hotel owner named Jack Frost that he, Butler, could beat any local fancy shooter. Yeah, he thought he was a good one. He thought, and yeah. he was, actually. Yeah. But uh, Jack Frost arranged a shooting match between Butler and the 15-year-old Annie, saying the last opponent Butler expected was a 5-foot-tall, 15-year-old girl named Annie. Oh, boy, tell us more. <laughs> well, after missing on his 25th shot, Butler lost the match and the bet. Now, another account mentions that Butler actually hit on his last shot, but the bird fell beyond the boundary line or mm-hmm. some such thing. Mm-hmm. But he soon began courting Annie, and they married in 1876. How old was he? It doesn't say, oh, okay. so I'm not sure. Dirty old man. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, back then, they, they did marry young. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, unfortunately, for whatever reason, they did not have any children. Okay. So... 
Well, I have a real smart remark to make, but I'm not going to make it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Couldn't get close to her with that gun, could you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Annie. Well, Annie and Frank Butler lived in Cincinnati for a time. Oakley, the stage name she adopted oh. when she and Frank began pe- performing together, is believed to have been taken from the city's neighborhood of Oakley where they resided. I see. So that's kind of where that Oakley oh. thing came in. All right. Now, some people believe she took on the name because that was the name of a man who had paid her train fare when she was a child. Okay. So one of those two could be where the name Oakley came up. All right. Now, I'm going to stop you right there because i got to pay some bills. Good place. All right. Don't forget, on Thursdays, we have a segment called Cashy County School Days brought to you by two wonderful sponsors, The Child's World at 1308 Overland and Burley. They've got all the clothing and they've got all the games and they've got all the puzzles. And hey, 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 listen to this. Go into a Child's World and mention my name, Doc, and you'll receive 25% off any item. That's right. Christmas shopping right there at a child's world. 1308 Overland in Burley. And also the Ambulatory Surgery Center. Don't forget the end of the year is approaching. And if you've met your deductible and you still need some of those surgeries like hand surgery, knee arthroscopes, uh, colonoscopies, please call them and save money. 677-8888. 677-8888. Located at 1344 Highland Drive in Burley. Ambulatory Surgery Center and a Child's World bringing you school days in Cashew County. Also, I want to remind everybody real quick about Sportsman's Warehouse. Man, I love Sportsman's Warehouse. What a place to shop. 1940 Bridgeview in Twin Falls. My goodness, all of your Christmas shopping for the boaters and the fishermen and the archerymen and the hunting and shooting and the electronics. Everything. I'm telling you, this is the place to find what you're looking for for the great outdoors. And they've got expert people with expert advice to help you at Sportsman's Warehouse, 1940 Bridgeview in Twin Falls. And now, more about Annie Oakley. All right, here we go. Well, they joined Buffalo Bill's Wild West in 1885. And at five feet tall, Oakley was given the nickname of Watanya Cecilia... By fellow performer Sitting Bull. Okay. Sitting Bull was at that time working with with the Wild West show. You better be real careful when you put all those names together. I want to stay on the air. <laughs> okay. Now, she was also called Little Sure Shot in some of the public ad- advertisements. And during her first engagement with Buffalo Bill show, Oakley experienced a tense professional rivalry with rival sharpshooter Lillian Smith. Oh, boy. In fact, it must have been a little heated because Oakley temporarily left the Buffalo Bill show, but she returned after Smith. Smith left. Really? So, I don't know. A little friction. A little friction. A little uh, professional yeah. jealousy or and whatever. And she was just a kid. Yeah. She was still only about 16 or 17. Oh, my. So, well, then they went to Europe, and she performed for Queen Victoria of the United Kingdom, King Umberto of Italy, uh, the President of France, and other crowned heads of state. Really? And Oakley had such good aim that at his request, she knocked the ashes off a cigarette held by the newly crowned German Kaiser, Wilhelm II. Oh, she could have got us all in trouble. Well, let me keep going. (laughs) Some people later ventured that if Annie had shot Wilhelm and not a cigarette, she could have prevented World War I. <laughs> so, now, in fact, after the outbreak of World War I, Oakley sent a letter to the Kaiser requesting a second shot. <laughs> 
But the story says the Kaiser did not respond. Yeah, we've lost our friends in Germany. Yes, there they go. Uh -huh. So, anyway, Oakley promoted the service of women in combat operations for the United States Armed Forces. Really? Yeah. She wrote a letter to President William McKinley in, eight, in 1898 offering the government the services of a company of 50 lady sharpshooters. They would provide their own arms and ammunition. Mad women with guns. Yeah. And, Not good. And that was because she thought maybe the U.S. would go to war with Spain. Yeah, okay. So, but the Spanish-American War did occur. But Oakley's offer was not accepted. Theodore Roosevelt did, however, name his volunteer cavalry the Rough Riders. And I never did know this, but it was after Buffalo Bill's Wild West show, Rough Riders. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that I, either. No. and that occurred, Charging up San Juan Hill. Right. And that, of course, was where Oakley was a major star in that, oh, in that Wild West show. Yeah. Well, the same year that McKinley was fatally shot by an assassin in 1901, Oakley was also badly injured in a train accident. But she recovered after temporary paralysis and with five, five spinal operations. Ooh. Now, back then... That's a little touchy. Yeah. Back then, surgery was, you know, not quite like What a, year was that? That was 1901. <laughs> so... Man... That's that's still when the West was fairly wild. Yeah. But she recovered. Uh, she left the Buffalo Bill show and in 1902 began a quieter acting career in a stage play written especially for her. Really? It was called The Western Girl, and Oakley played the role of a gal by the name of Nancy Berry. Mm -hmm. And she used a pistol, a rifle, a rope uh, to outsmart a group of outlaws. Indoors she was shooting? That's a good question. <laughs> I don't know. I suppose they filmed outside. Okay. Just going to guess on All that right. one. All right. But anyway, following her injury and change of career, uh, it only added to her legend that her shooting expertise continued to increase into her 60s. And throughout her career, it's believed that Oakley taught upwards of 15,000 women how to use a gun. Really? Oakley believed strongly that it was crucial for women to learn how to use a gun. We need her today. We do. As not only a form of physical and mental exercise, but also to defend themselves. Absolutely. Annie, come back. <laughs> so, in fact, she said, I would like to see every woman know how to handle guns as naturally as they know how to handle babies. Oh, my goodness sake. So she was, uh, you know, kind of a What pioneer. kind of a gun did she use? Or was she adept at many kinds of guns? I think she used a lot of different ones. The, uh, I'm going to talk about one trick where she used basically a 22 ra uh, caliber rifle. 22. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. So, but Oakley's own story about her very first shot at the age of eight. She said, I saw a squirrel run down over the grass in front of the house, through the orchard, and stop on a fence and uh, to get a hickory nut. Taking a rifle from the house, she fired at the squirrel, writing later that it was a wonderful shot going right through the head from side to side. Oh, my goodness sakes. So, but Oakley never failed to delight her audiences, and her feats of marksmanship, were they were truly incredible. Now, at 30 paces, she could split a playing card held edge on edge. Wait a minute. She could split a playing card held, held edge on So she was shooting at the side the of side the card. side of the playing card. Wow. She hit dimes tossed into the air. She saw, shot cigarettes from her husband's lips. That guy never said a bad word to her. He was a good husband. Yes. And a playing card being thrown into the air, she could riddle it before it touched the ground. You're kidding me. Now, perhaps her most famous trick was her ability to, again, repeatedly split a playing card on edge and put several more holes in it before it touched the ground. No. Using a twenty-two caliber rifle at 90 feet. 
90 feet? That's 90 from feet. home plate to first base. That's 90 feet. I couldn't even see the card. <laughs> There'd be in the hospital the guy that was holding it. Yep. But anyway, uh, in 1884, one time she was being watched by Chief Sitting Bull when uh, he says, Oakley playfully skipped on stage, lifted her rifle, and aimed the barrel at a burning candle. In one shot, she snuffed out the flame with a whizzing bullet. Sitting Bull watched her knock corks off bottles and slice through a cigar that Butler held in his teeth. You're kidding, man. She was something else. She really was. Yeah. Um, in 1904... Uh, this is kind of a, a difficult time for her. Uh, cocaine prohibition stories were selling really well. Ooh. So the newspaper magnate, William Randolph Hearst, yeah. published a false story that Oakley had been arrested for stealing to support a cocaine habit. Ooh. Well, the woman actually arrested was actually a performer in Chicago who told them that her name was Annie Oakley. So in other words, it was a bad story and the wrong yes. person got the, the credit, really. Well, the original Annie Oakley spent much of the next six years winning 54 of 55 libel suits against newspapers. Wow. She collected less in judgments than were her legal expenses, but to her, the most important thing was uh, her reputation. Yeah. Was she a... A lot of the women in the old days of the West, you know, we were talking about Big Nose Kate and all these other women, Calamity Jane... From the pictures I've seen of Annie Oakley, she was very attractive. Is yeah, that right? Yeah, from what I've seen, too, she just seemed like a very attractive young lady. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. But anyway, most of the newspapers that printed the story relied on this Hearst article, and when they learned that it was wrong, they immediately retracted oh, they apologized. the false story. But Hearst didn't want to. Really? And he tried to avoid uh, paying the uh, court costs, uh, which at that time were $20,000, 500000 today. But uh, And then it, he sent his granddaughter out to rob uh, banks. Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but... In fact, he went so far as to send a an investigator out where she grew up to try to find gossip about her past. He was a dirty man. But the investigator obviously found nothing. Really? Uh, any dirt on her. Well, did so. she ever marry and have any family? Oh, uh, Annie? Yeah. Well, she married Frank Butler. Yeah, Frank, but, but they never did have any kids. They never had any children, no. Really? So in 1912, the Butlers, uh, now temporarily retired, they went to Maryland, they bought a piece of land, um, they moved into the house in 1913. So she friends. was really never a Western quote-unquote person or personality. She was basically raised in Ohio, you said. Right. And uh, then lived back on the East Coast. Right. I didn't know that. And in 1917, the Butlers moved to North Carolina huh. and returned to public life. Oakley continued to set records into her 60s. Oh, my. And she was quite a uh, generous woman as far as helping people. She was. Yeah, I uh, would imagine some of the parts of her shooting uh, exhibition were changed when she got older and shakier, like the guy holding the cigarette in his mouth. Probably that was eliminated. Well, let me just tell you this: in uh, she embarked on a comeback and intended to star in a feature-length silent movie in a 1922 shooting contest in North Carolina. At this time, 62-year-old Oakley hit 100 clay targets in a row. In a row? 100. And shooting what kind of a gun? A shotgun or a... Uh, I'm thinking it was still the 22. Oh, my goodness. I couldn't hit that she many with two shoot. shotguns. Yeah, really. Double-barreled. My. So, late 1922, Oakley and 
Butler suffered a debilitating car accident that forced her to wear a steel brace on her leg. Mm. A year and a half later, she was still setting records. Her health declined in 1925. She died at the age of 66. Wow. Butler was so grieved by her death that he stopped eating and died 18 late, days later really? in, Mich- in Michigan. So they really got along well. They did. Uh, and it was discovered after she died that her entire fortune had been spent on her family and charities. No kidding. And she was actually inducted into the National Cowgirl Museum yeah. Hall of Fame in Fort Worth, Texas. Yeah, I've been there and saw the exhibit. Yeah. So there were other sharpshooters, and we don't have time to go into those guys, And uh, but we will at some time. You know, that is really interesting about Annie Oakley, and uh, I'm trying to think, and I'm going to use my mental telepathy here to see if I can recall it. I'm going through the alphabet real quick. In the late 50s and early 60s, Annie Oakley had a TV, TV series. You know, yes. the title was Annie right. Oakley. And I think uh, the name of the actress that played her was Gail Davis. I believe it was Gail Davis. And in real life, if I recall correctly, she also did some trick shooting. That could have been. Yeah. Now, I've got a trick shooting story to tell you real quick. I know okay, we've got 30 seconds. When I was just a young man, I had a BB gun. Uh-oh. And uh, sitting this in the sounds ha- like the Christmas story. Sort of. No, I see. Uh, I cocked the gun in the house, which was a taboo. Not you just good. don't do that. Not good. And forgot that I had it cocked. Oh, Annie, boy. Annie Oakley came on, <gasps> and as you recall, she would be standing oh, on a horse oh, yeah. r- and shoot a target. Well, yeah. when the target came on, you... I shot as well. Everybody for the next couple of years had a little dimple on their forehead from where I shot the TV. And uh, how long was it before you could sit down at the table? (laughs) Dad and I had a rather good discussion. I'll bet you did. (laughs) Listen, that was excellent. Real quick, if people want to hear more of Dr. History and our past programs, what do they do? Dr-History.com. Okay. Excellent job. Thank you. Now, next week, you're not going to be here, right? Right. Okay, but we're, we going have, we're going to have a voice from the past. Uh, uh, we'll pick out a good story. Okay. Doc, take care. God bless. You Merry have Christmas a good day, again. Thank, Thank you. you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.